Hebrews chapter 11. Turn over there with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 11. I think those three ladies need to sing together more. Great job. Wonderful. Wonderful. Isn't it great to come to a place where you can sing unto the Lord? I mean, I'm telling you, it does something to my heart. It does something to me to lift up my voice and sing unto the Lord. And I'm glad y'all sing loud because you didn't. I'd have to listen to me, and that's not good. That's not good. Well, I, I love a song service like we've had tonight. I mean, I, I love it. I, I'm telling you. I, and here's the thing about that, Brother Rick. I believe he loves it. Our hearts are lifted up to him. Man, life, we're open to what he wants in our lives. Oh, boy, we have a great God, don't we? <laughs> yeah, oh, man, he is a great, great God. Hebrews chapter 11, and look down at verse number 6, familiar verse. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, I'd like to read that all together. We're going to move on and read some more scripture here in just a moment. But I'd like for us to read that verse out loud together <clears throat> just to get this thought, this thought uh, in our mind. Are you ready to do that? Would you do that with me? Let, let's read. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now turn on back in your Bible to uh, the book of James. It's just the next book over and James chapter 2. Should be just a few pages on over there. James chapter 2. And when you get there, look down to verse number 14. James chapter 2 and verse number 14. There in our Bible we read this. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath, hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou, believe, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was, it not, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now we don't have to be nervous about this. 
about what we just read. It's not talking about a work salvation whatsoever. We're saved by grace through faith. Only way anyone can ever be saved. So we don't have to worry about that. So I wanted to get clear that out of your mind. Where's preacher going? I want to clear that out of your mind before we get started into where we are going. Um, the theme for this year is new beginnings. New beginnings. And there may be some things in your life that you need to get out of your life. Or there may be some things in your life that are lacking that you need to get into your life. Or there may just be areas that are weak that need to be worked on along the way. And uh, we're going to deal with that just a little bit uh, tonight as we, as we talk about this, try to preach on it tonight, how to formulate character. Everyone has character. You either have good character or you have bad character. You either have strong character or you have weak character. Um, I, I want to look tonight in, in the scriptures on how to formulate character. Let's pray. We'll get going. Father, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't just running my mouth a minute ago. I'm telling you, it's good to be in this place. And I have enjoyed the song service so much. And our prayer certainly is that you have enjoyed it, that it's been a sweet smell and savor to you. And I'm thankful, Lord, once again, for all the people that are out uh, tonight and then the ones that are still stuck at home watching by live stream. I'm thankful they're joining in with us. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd bless all of us however, however you want to do that. And the main thing is that we just focus upon you, your word, and what you have for us. We've prayed for guidance, and we do again. We've prayed for power, and we definitely need that, for without you, we can do nothing. And, and so, Lord, help us tonight. Give us boldness and, and, and clearness of direction and thought and speech, all those things. Uh, Lord, that we might uh, make the point that I believe you want to get across to us tonight, uh, that we might make some decisions in our own life uh, that will help us to better live for you. Bless and help us now, please. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the Word of God. At the very heart of what it means to be a Christian is faith. We read that first over there in Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We can't please Him without faith. We must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Well, that He is what, preacher? That He is. That He is. That there is a God, that He does dwell in heaven, that He does rule, that He is sovereign. We must believe that He is. First off, that there is a God. It's not some old guy that's, you know, up there and just wondering what to do next. I mean, there is a God in heaven, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him without a doubt. One of the first descriptions of Christians in the early church was the expression believers found over in Acts chapter 5. Believers, And, and I, I use that often. You've probably already picked up on that. I use that often uh, because uh, we can be believers without being Christian, truly. I mean, it's, we can be a believer without being Christ-like. Somebody agree with me there, would you? It's just true. We know people that have gotten saved by the grace of God that have fallen, fallen away from following the Lord like they should. And because of that, uh, they're less than what they should be as far as being Christian, as far as being Christ-like. They're living a life that is less than Christ-like. 
But the kind of faith that's characterized by those early Christians is a faith that impacts the way we live. A faith that impacts the way that we live. We read there in verse number 26, for the body without the spirit is dead, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we have to get this. Biblical faith, real biblical faith, I mean, somebody that's truly been saved by the grace of God, biblical faith shows up in the way we live our, faith, uh, live our life. It shows up in the way we live our life. I mean, if we really have faith in God, I mean, we're really following God, trusting God, I mean, it will show up on us for sure. Come on, there's not a person that reads their Bible every day and prays like they should and comes to church and, and, and all those things that their faith will not eventually show up on them. God starts to make changes only he could make. And the absence of godly character in believers today has a tendency to weaken the impact of Christianity in our society. Are y'all still with me here? No, I want you to get this, truly do. The absence of, of godly character in believers uh, has a tendency to weaken the impact of Christianity in our society because of the work the devil has done so very well, and he has done it very well, in smearing the name of Christ with, with the sins associated with the lives of Christians in our churches, then non-Christians have been given legitimate reasons, truly, to question the validity of our faith. No, no, no. I mean, people at work, and, and, and they, know that you're a, they know that you're a Christian. They know that you're a believer. I mean, they know you go to church. You've invited them before, but your life is less than what it should be in front of them. Come on. I mean, and you know how the devil works. It's like, man, oh, man, man, if that guy's a Christian, I don't need to go to church. You know, if she acts like that all the time, I, I don't know why I would even think about going to church. I'm just as good or better than that. Come on, you know what I'm talking about here. I'm not pointing fingers in here. I'm just saying that's pretty much the way it is in our society today, in our world today, truly. It, we, we've got to be very, very careful about that because the devil has done his work well. I mean, why should they adopt a faith which does not seem to even work for those who have already claimed to have it? Why should they want it? I mean, if it's not working for us, why, why, should, they even, why should they even want it? I believe that through the development of godly character, we can once again restore credibility to the message that we preach. I think that can be restored. I don't think we're beyond restoring that. Until Jesus comes back, we ought to be working at that anyway. We really should be working at that. When, when people see God making a difference in our life, they will be attracted more so to the gospel, which is what makes uh, that difference. The gospel made the difference in my life. It's, it wasn't anything that I have done. It's everything that he has done. And it made a difference in my life. And when they see that, they, they're more likely certainly to be attracted, excuse me, to the God that has made a difference. People are turned off. You, you, you know this all very well. But people are turned off by hypocrisy. People are looking for something that's real. They really do want something that's real. They'd love to, they would love to find something that, that, uh, that promises what this promises. But if they don't see it in us, if they don't see it by our works, if they don't see it by our lifestyle, our, our vocabulary, if they don't see it in us that claim to be believers, that claim to be Christians, I mean, why should they want it? 
And so they go searching for books on Hinduism and, and such things. They go looking at different religions and trying to find something, you know, well, you know, that doesn't seem to work for them down there at that church. So maybe I need to go someplace else and mysticism and all these different things because really are, they really are, people today really are looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that works. And that's why it's so very important that we work hard to live the way that God would have us to live. A correlation exists between what we believe that would be the uh, content of our faith and the process by which we believe, that's the, that's the foundation of our faith, and, and how we live, that's our actions, that's our habits, how we live each day, and who we are, that's our character. Our character is who we are, I mean who we really are. And so the Bible teaches the process by which we form that character. And, and it tells us how to, develop, how to develop the moral character that will help us to be the light and the salt that Jesus wants us to be. I'm thankful that we have direction. I'm thankful that we have the Word of God. No, no, no. I mean, we have it and we have a copy of it and it does change lives if we'll stay in it, if we'll believe it, if we'll apply it. It does change lives. I mean, we have it. This is the most important book in the world. The most important book. It's the bestseller every year in the world, the Bible. We just, we, and we don't need to rewrite it. We don't need new versions of it. We just need to reread it, amen, to apply it to our life. Let God have his way. In his second epistle, I've, I've referred to this a lot, but in his second epistle, the apostle Peter summarizes the process of developing that kind of character, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and the virtue knowledge, and the knowledge temperance, and the temperance patience, and the patience godliness, and the godliness brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and so we begin to apply these things the way that we should. I've preached on it a couple of different times in the past several weeks. We, We begin to apply these things, and it's something that we do the rest of our life. I mean, we're adding these things to our faith, you know, the faith that God gave us so that we could be saved by His grace. So anyway, I want to, I want to, I want to take a look at what it, what it does take to formulate good character. And if, 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 if we will trust God, if we will believe his word, if we will practice his principles, we truly can have godly character. He, he does change our life. I mean, we can be the people that God wants us to be. And preacher, I just fight so hard with it. Well, don't quit fighting and don't quit trying. Just get in the Word of God, stay on your knees, let Him do what only He can do. So let's think about a few things. Let's, let's start here. When you change your thinking, you change your beliefs. Come on, there came a day that I, my, my thinking changed, and I saw that I was a sinner in need of a Savior, that Jesus Christ was the very begotten Son, and He died for my sin, rose again. And man, I put my faith and trust in him and it changed my beliefs. Acts chapter 5 verse 42 says, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ 
And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, well, how come the number of disciples was multiplied? Because they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And people's minds were changed. When their minds were changed, I mean, it changed their belief. And so certainly we need to be continuing to teach and preach Jesus Christ because we can't save anybody, but God's word is very, very powerful. And so we tell people, we continue to share the gospel with people. And when their thinking changes, I mean, their life can change. What you believe does make a difference. It really makes a big difference in the scriptures. Belief, belief is not just a mental decision in the scriptures. Belief in the scriptures is a, it's a commitment to a life of discipleship. Uh, I mean, those, those who were first called believers were soon called disciples as those that were watching saw their, how their faith changed the way they lived their life. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not just, oh, well, I believe all of that stuff. Okay, well, how committed are you to following it then? It's, it's different. It's not just, oh, well, I believe that. It's a commitment that, 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 that we're going to live a life of discipleship. And it is, by the way, get, stay with me here, it is a life of discipleship. Right. I mean, it doesn't end. Right. It's not like you can go, okay, well, I've done the 12-year course. <laughs> I've graduated, now everything's good. Oh, no, no, we don't graduate until we uh, graduate, until we go to be with him. I mean, it's a, it's a lifelong commitment. It's a lifelong course. Uh, Belief may be defined as conviction that something is true. The scripture uses various words to describe belief, which which when examined really together outline the steps of developing a biblical belief. Uh, First, the word hope describes the desires that we may have, and based on that hope, we make plans which reflect uh, what we look forward to, and as we're persuaded in our faith, our confidence grows. Come on, the more I believe this Bible, the more my confidence grows. The more I believe the promises that God has given me, the more my confidence grows, the, the, the more my trust in Him uh, grows. And, and the fullest expression of our confidence is the statement, I know. I know. Come on, the Apostle Paul used it. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And when we come to that point um, in the growth of our faith, we've moved into the area of conviction. I know that God's word is true. So if we know that God's word is true, how much are we applying it to our life? I mean, are we truly? No, no. Is it a conviction to us? God said it, and so that means we're supposed to do it. It's not God said it, I believe it. It really doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. If God says it, it's true. You know, and so we come to that place where it's a conviction. We come to that place where our faith has got strong enough. When we read our Bible, it's like God speaking directly to us, and we fall under conviction even as we're reading our Bible in the morning drinking a cup of coffee. I mean, it's like, oh, mercy, maybe I need to stop here for just a minute and do some talking with the Lord. Maybe there's something that needs to be taken care of here in my own heart for a few minutes before I continue on trying to read the chapters that I'm going to read. I mean, it becomes conviction. Faith is produced by the scriptures, which are called the word of faith. We know that. No, no, no. Faith is produced by the word of God. So then faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God over in Romans chapter number 10. And so this means Christians who want to grow their faith in God must begin by learning the scriptures. We have to begin by learning the scriptures. 
Well, well, preacher, you know, reading the Bible, boy, I'll tell you that, that you know, that can, that's time consuming. No more time consuming than cruising on Facebook or sitting in front of your television set or, or doing something else sitting there where your mind's just kicked into neutral and you're not doing anything. Oh, no, no, it's a little bit harder. You have to work. There's spiritual warfare you're going to have to fight. And also, I mean, there's really, oh, well, you have to use your brain, and that can be a little bit hard at times. No, no, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm speaking by experience. That can be a little, bit, a little bit hard at times to use your brain. But I'm telling you, if we are going to, if we are going to grow in faith, we have to learn the scriptures. The, 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 the knowledge of the scriptures then must become the basis upon which we live our Christian life. We have knowledge of the scriptures. No, no, so, so someone comes to me and says, hey, you know, pastor, I, I've got this going on in my life, and what do you think about this? Well, it really doesn't matter what I think, but here's what God's word says about it. Here's what the scripture says. Here's what God says we should do, or here's how God says we should handle that situation, whatever the case may be. I mean, that's by which we live our Christian life. So we change our thinking, we change our beliefs. And when we change our beliefs, we change our expectations. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, where there is no proclamation of God's word, where there is no truth being expounded upon, the people perish. But I'm telling you, as we, have a, as we have a diet of the Word of God, we don't have to perish. I mean, we can be growing, can't we? We can be going forward. We can be getting stronger. The second step in this process it involves changing our beliefs to the effect of changing our expectations. Your expectation or your, your vision must come from God's Word. I mean, if it doesn't, what good is it? You know, well, preacher, I had this dream. Well, does it line up with the Word of God? (laughs) Because if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, your dream doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, our expectation is, is, is it has to come from God's Word. You know, some people never change. Please get this. Some people never change because their belief in God does not create new expectations from God. No, they say, well, I believe God. Okay. Well, when you read his word, does it change the way you think? Well, no, not really. Well, then you don't believe in God the way you should believe in God. Come on, I'm not trying to be mean. It really is that way. No, no, people say, well, I believe in God. And, and, but, 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 but I'm telling you, that, there, that belief that they have in God, it doesn't create, create any new expectations. Look, I read the Word of God, and He speaks to me directly as I read His Word. And when He does, I really expect that if I will yield to Him and obey Him and apply that to me, that God's going to do something in here. He's going to do something with me. Look, I don't just stand up here and preach hoping that God does something in your life. I do have hopes and prayers that God does something in your life, whatever it is he wants to do in your life. But I'm telling you, I, I, I believe the way I believe because, I mean, I try to let that book change me. I, I want there to be an expectation of what God can continue to do in me because, again, I know me very well and I know that I need help. There's no place, I mean, I'm telling you. And, and there are at least six different ways that people may think about vision. <clears throat> First, some never see it. They never see it. And uh, they just have a mechanical problem. They have this mechanical problem. And then others, they see it, but they don't understand it. They, they don't understand it. And so there's, there's, there's a, a, a lack of, of, of mental, there's a mental problems there. And then the third, still others see, but, but they never pursue that vision. 
They never pursue it. Come on. I mean, God, they're believers. Uh, They really are truly believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And and they read the Bible and God speaks to them. uh, But they never pursue that at all. And see, that's just a problem with the will. They won't will it to be so. Okay, God says it, then I'm going to work at it. And a fourth group sees it, but but they never feel it. And that's just an emotional problem. Come on, I'm going to try to pull this together. Stay with me. Then there are those people that see the vision and through obedience, they do achieve it because they just obey it. You know, well, this just seems too easy, preacher. No, we see it, then we are to obey it. And when we do obey it, God's word changes lives. Come on, it's not just a song. It's absolutely the truth. God's word changes lives. When we're obedient to it, when we see it and we're obedient to it, it's like, man, oh man, oh man, it's amazing what God can do. And then the final group, the sixth group, are the ones that go on, get this, are the ones that go on to help others grow in Christ, to help others grow in Christ. I I was talking in the Sunday school class this morning. We need more disciples around here at Riverside Baptist Church. We need people, no, no, we need people that feel like they're strong enough to sit down with somebody else and open up the Bible and a study book, whatever the case may be, and say, here's what the Bible says, and teach people along the way, and bring people along the way, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, everybody needs a little help. And, and so we need more people that, that are going to be obedient to the Word and allow it to change them and make them what they should be, that they might sit down and help others to grow. So let me ask this question to you. I'm going to keep moving, but I want to ask this question anyway. What, what expectation has Scripture created in your life? In your life? What, what expectation has the Bible created in, in your life? I, I mean, something that you are uh, seeking, something you're striving to allow God to do in your own life. I mean, hopefully you're not just out there in limbo. I mean, no, 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 come on, truly, come on, come on, stay with me here. I mean, hopefully you're praying about things in your life. Lord, I have an area here and I have an area here and I'm weak over here and I need some help over here. Because if we're listening to the Word of God as we read it and as it's preached, as it's taught, whatever, if we're listening to it and we're really wanting God to do something in our life, that's going to become a part of our prayer time. Because we know we can't do it by ourselves. So I'm just asking you, what expectation has the Bible created in your life? And there's four steps to take hold of God's vision for your life. First, we have to look within to determine, to determine how God has enabled us, to determine how God has, has gifted us. Everybody has something to offer God. Everyone has something to offer God, whatever it might be. And so we, we look within. We're asking God, God, help me to know what my gifts are and, and how I can best serve you. And then second, we look back. What do you mean, preacher? Well, we look back to see how God has used past events, past things that have happened in our life to shape us and prepare us for something even greater than that. You you know, I'm telling you, the trials that you've gone through, if you don't let them just keep beating on you for the rest of your life, you really can use those to be a help to someone else. No, no, no. God can use that, can strengthen you that you can sit down with somebody else along the way that's going through something similar and say, hey, let me show you how God has helped me through this and got me past this. 
No, 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 no. That's why we can't just get into. That's why we can't just fall into depression about things that have gone on in the past. Our God has forgiven us if we've gone to Him. We've repented of those things. We've asked forgiveness. He's forgiven us of those things. He's forgotten those things. Now He wants to strengthen us with what we have gone through. He wants to guide us that we might be a help to somebody else. And so, I mean, we can't just keep looking back. I hate the devil with the passion because he just loves to bring up the past, doesn't he? Bring up the past, bring up the past, bring up the past. I'm thankful that that is not God that brings up our past. I'm telling you, God has has better plans for us than that. Anyway, then third, then we have to look around really to to others that, that we see God working in. I mean, others that we say, boy, they seem to be a good Christian. They seem to have a, a good walk with God. I know that you probably heard the statement before, tell me who your hero is and I'll tell you where you'll be in 10 years. I'm, I'm telling you, no, I try to look up to people that have done good things for God, great things for God. I try to look up to people that have been, have been faithful in their years of serving God. I try to look to people that, that I admire in the right manner as far as being a good Christian and, and living a life that God would have them to live. And many of those even have gone through some terrible things in their life and just remained faithful and trusted God. And now God's using them, continue to use them and all. So it's, it's good. It's, it's not a, no, no, it's a good thing for us to have, um, quote unquote, uh, people that we look up to that, I mean, good Christian influence in, our life. I, I'm telling you, it, it's. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to run off on a rabbit trail. I've got too many other things to say, but but I'm telling you, young people, uh, you don't need to be looking to the sports figures today and all that stuff for heroes. No, 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 no. You would do good to read about some of the Christian heroes of the faith of the past that have served God in a mighty way and the faith. Their faith has been used in a mighty way around the world. I'm telling you, that's the kind of people we need to be looking to. And then lastly just need to look ahead to determine where the Lord wants to take you. God's got a plan. He really does have a plan. You know, I'm very thankful, and I've said it before and say it again, and I've said it to the people that God has even led here to Riverside Baptist Church. I'm very thankful for the people that that God has led here to Riverside Baptist Church. I, and and they've come, and, and, and they've continued to grow and go forward, and they're being used of God. I mean, they've seen God... They've seen God work in their life. I mean, they know that there's been a change. They know that they've had that opportunity to do what God would have them to do. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled to death about that because God does lead us, doesn't he? Somebody say amen. He does. God, God leads us. He, he leads us and, and he wants to continue to take us and, and, and lead us and use us along the way. And, I, and I'm very thankful as I watch people, you know, as I talk to people when they come, well, is this where God wants you to be in church? Oh, yes, this is where God wants you. Well, that's the first thing I need to know. So if that's what God wants, that's what I want. And then we see God use them as they go along the way. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about me. I'm not trying to blow my horn. It's not me that has helped them to do that. They're just right where God wants them to be. They're pursuing what God wants them to pursue. And so God's doing great things in their life. You know, the big reason that a lot of people just don't seem to be moving forward is again that we can back way up and i'll try not to do that but really i mean they they don't they don't have any expectation that the word of god has created in their life they come to church and go home they come to church and go home they come to church and go home and 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 it's just like well you know preacher i come to church hallelujah you ought to be in church but uh, it ought to be working on you 
I mean, something ought to be happening in here where you say, man, I, I, need, God, I need more of what God has to offer. I want to be more of what God would want me to be. Uh, I mean, that God has really, really worked on us. And then when you change your expectations, you change your attitude. You know, God is a perfect one to give us an attitude adjustment <laughs> if we'll allow him to do that. He's good at that. I mean, truly, he's good at that. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. See, your attitude is the tendency of your life's focus. Um, you, you might define it as a, the habit of your attention. Um, I, I can guarantee you, you're on, you're on a downward cycle when you develop a hardening of the attitude. And, and in contrast, when you start thinking about what God can do in your life, it helps you to be more positive. You know, well, what, what can I do to straighten this up? No, no, no. What can God do if you'll allow it? It's looking at what God can do. Because he can do far more than you and I can do if we'll just allow him to do that. Absolutely so. And as you change attitudes, you develop habits, truly, that, that form your character. When, when someone becomes tired when, when someone gets tired of always being late, they, they may decide to start being on time. And, and as that attitude becomes more prominent in their thinking and, and, and is more consistently uh, applied to their life, uh, that person will begin to develop the habit of punctuality. And so that new habit uh, helps to shape their new character. There are usually four steps involved in developing new attitudes, new attitudes. Uh, number one would be identify the problem you wish to address. It, uh, you know, if you have problems along the way, you have attitude about something, you need to identify that problem that you, that you want to address. I mean, something needs to be, to be say, uh, changed. And so let's take the problem uh, tonight of, of chronic lateness. That may not be your problem. We'll just take it as an example. Chronic lateness. So second, we identify the right thinking that will lead to, to the changing of the habit. And so you have to decide that, they, that, 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 that you want to be on time. And then the third step, the step after that, would involve connecting uh, to people that seem to have that good habit. <laughs> That's not a bad thing to do, you know. We really do become who we, we, we really do become like who we hang around. It is important uh, that we're around the right type of people, the right type of influence. I mean, if we want to, if we want to be punctual, then we ought to associate with people who tend to, to be punctual. And then finally, we develop a plan, a plan, you've got to have a plan that will encourage these positive attitudes and help us develop this new habit. So, I mean, a plan like, you know, deciding that you're going to be on time for your next class or appointment or meeting or whatever the case may be, and then the next one, and then the next one, and so on and so on. You have to determine to do it. No, that means it's going to take work on your part to change. Come on, I'm just using punctual. Okay. Um, I, 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 I mean, it could be, I, I, we, could think of something, we could think of something more spiritual just like reading your Bible every day. You have to determine to do it. It's got to be something that becomes part of your schedule every single day. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to let anything keep me from doing this. I am going to do it. 
And as we pick up our Bible day after day after day, we'll eventually develop the habit of picking up our Bible every day. Every day. But here's the thing. If you continue to maintain that same old... No, no, look up here. If you continue to maintain that same old attitude, you'll keep living the same way. Nothing changes. No matter, no, 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 no matter how much you say, well, I know I need to change. Well, you can say that till the cows come home. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen until you decide that you need to do something about it, be diligent and work at it. And when you do change that attitude, you change your actions. You change your actions. Proverbs 20.11 says, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. So an action is defined by anything that's done, anything that's performed. So actions can be wrong. Uh, They may be wrong. They may be ignorant or positive or lucky or planned or unplanned, whatever the case may be. Your actions really do, come on, stay with me here. Your actions really do define your reputation and show others the kind of person you are. No, I want you to get this. Come on, we're getting closer to the end, but I want you to get this. Come on. Uh, your actions define your, define your reputation and show others what kind of person you are. It really doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. Anybody can say anything. No, it's really true. Anybody can say anything. It's your actions that define, it's my actions that define me. Jesus taught this when he spoke of identifying uh, uh, a tree by the fruit that it produces. Over in Luke chapter 6 and verse 44, he said, For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. So what we do is the fruit by which others conclude the kind of person that we are. And believe me, they see it. It, it shows up on us. And then when you change your actions, you change your habits. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 17, that, that, that the man of God may be perfect or accomplished, truly furnished unto all good works. And that's the goal of the Scriptures. That's the goal of our Bible. When we, when, when, when we change what we do on a continual basis, we obviously change our habits. It's an accomplishment. You know, it's so crazy because, because we'll start trying to do this and the old devil, he just lies to us and he's very subtle. And if we don't, if we're, no, 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 if we're not spiritually discerning, we almost take it as it's our own voice up there. Well, I can't do this. Well, this isn't working for me. Well, it might work for preacher and it might work for Brother Andrew, but this just ain't working for me along the way. And I'm telling you, if we get that type of attitude, I mean, we'll never get anywhere. But we start practicing these things, practicing them, putting them, putting them, uh, uh, putting them to work. I mean, I mean, doing these things, um, it's an accomplishment. Someone has said an accomplishment is the satisfactory outcome of an action. And, and, and we hear this word used in a positive sense, like when we describe a person who is accomplished in their field. You know, he's an accomplished surgeon or she's an accomplished uh, pianist. The, the, the scripture uses the word in the sense of carrying something out completely. 
get this, get this, get this. Finishing what you start. Well, preacher, you know, I said I was going to read my Bible through this year, but I'm already so far behind. Whoa, stop. Let me stop you right there. Just go ahead and pick up where you left off and keep on going. Just keep on going and finish what you started. Uh, No, no, no. I I mean, we, no, no, no. The devil will try to keep you away from it and all, but no, no, get back to that place and get back in the book and continue to read. Don't, don't let the, no, no, don't, don't let your own flesh, don't let the devil stop you from doing those things, you know, that are going to make you a better Christian, a better believer. Finish what you start. And then when you change your habits, you change your character. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. I love this verse. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. More than conquerors. I love that verse, Brother Terry. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. Hallelujah. Very thankful. Very thankful for that. Look, the purpose of this message is to help us strengthen our character or to build godly character. New beginnings. New beginnings. Boy, I've fallen off in this area, and I'm not doing good in this area, preacher. I've, I've always been weak over here. Or I'm not doing well over here. New beginnings. Preacher, at one time, I tell you, I was, I was man, I was, I was all these things, man, I was doing it. Well, start again. New beginnings. New beginnings. Wherever you fell off, I mean, get back on. I mean, decide that you are going to do what God would have you to do. Come on, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We can do that, or truly. Look, there's good character and there's bad character. You either have good character or you have bad character. And godly character is defined by continually doing the right thing. I'll go ahead and say it again. Godly character, godly character is defined by continually doing the right thing in the right way with the right attitude for the right reason because you know it's the right thing to do. Why do I keep on doing this? Nobody else is doing this. You're doing it because you know God wants you to do that no matter what everybody else does. And you just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. You know, preacher, sometimes it feels like I'm failing. Well, that's a big club, I guarantee you. But we just keep doing it and we keep doing it and we keep doing it. It's like keeping coming to church. There's a lot of people that ought to be sitting in this place tonight. They should be sitting here tonight. But they've let something somewhere along the way wash them out when they should have just kept coming and just kept coming and just kept coming, just be right here, just keep coming. Well, I tell you, but I feel like it doesn't matter how we feel, we just keep coming, we keep coming, we keep coming. Well, so-and-so just said something, doesn't matter what anybody else says, just keep coming and keep doing and keep doing. And Well, they make me feel like it doesn't matter how they make you feel. You just keep doing what God would have you to do. You just keep doing it. Preacher, it's hard because, you know, I'm telling you, I'm trying to do this, but there are people that just seem to not care whatsoever. Jesus cares. He cares. No, no, no. And who who else matters? If God be for us, who can be against us? We keep on doing what we're supposed to do because it's the right thing to do. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with controlling their time. And, 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 and that, problem, that problem manifests itself in a lot of different characters. Characters. Character. That's, that's a new word. I don't even know what it means. Those come out every once in a while. Manifest itself in different areas. 
of our life controlling our time. It's amazing how we can spend so much time doing things we want to do and find it so hard to do the things that God would have us to do. No, we can look back and we can say, well, I had this hour and a half that I could have, really, I could have devoted it to the Lord and I didn't. Well, we have to make right choices. We have to have godly character. We have to go through the process that we first talked about. We make the decision, we're going to do it. We start thinking about uh, about what we're going to do and make that the center of our focus. And then we take the steps which result in actually doing what we said we're going to do. And as that we repeat that over and over again, then it becomes, well, it becomes a good character, a good part of our character. And our character has been changed at that point. Pardon me. So how do we develop godly character? First, we think it, then we know it. After that, we purposely think about it. We begin to focus on it, and then we act on it. And when we act on it, that leads us to doing it. And then it becomes who we are. Get this, come on, come on, I'm, 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 I'm done. I mean, I'm right at done, truly. Then it becomes who we are. I want to be what God would have me to be. I want to be that. I'm, I'm, I'm working on I'm trying to let God work on me. I, I want that. But it does take work on our part. I'm saved by His grace. I didn't have to do anything for that. I just trusted Christ. He saved my soul. To have godly character and be the uh, testimony to this dark world that we should be, it takes work. And if there's no work, then there's no real faith. Because we read it, faith without works is dead. It's just dead faith. Add to your faith virtue and the virtue knowledge and the knowledge. In developing godly character traits, we're going to need God's help. There's no doubt about that. Jeremiah 33, 3, good verse to memorize. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. He is up there and he will help us. So let's allow God to help us to be who he wants us to be, who he wants us to be. We've got a chance at new beginnings here. And and, and if you need to spend more time with God, then change some things in your life. Just change some things in your life. I was telling the Sunday school class this morning uh, that I have a sign on my printer that's in my study, and I posted it on there for me. I posted it for me, and here's what it says. I, I tried to paraphrase it this morning, but I, I, I wrote it down. It says this, spend more time with God. Those moments when you feel like going to social media or watching a movie, TV show, or YouTube, or doing anything else that offers a lesser reward, take up your Bible instead. Play some worship music and go to God in prayer. Seek God with your whole heart, and you'll not only find Him, but you'll also find the good things He has to offer, which not by coincidence are all the things our weary, empty, and broken hearts are craving for.
Doesn't matter what the question is, Christ is the answer. There's nothing that can fulfill us like Him and spending time with Him. So change your beliefs, change your expectations, change your attitude, change your actions, change your habits, change your character. New beginnings. So basically here's the uh, invitation tonight. What is it that needs to be changed in your life right now? Decide that you're going to give it to God and do whatever it takes to let Him change your life. Stand with me, would you stand? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Father, help us now. Bless this time of invitation. However you may have spoken to hearts, whatever our need may be, you are the need meter. And I pray that folks would come. Lord, it may be a real weak area in someone's life or just something that they're struggling with, whatever the case may be. We'll not attain, we'll not, we'll not get to where we need to get to until we begin to work it, to work at it, to work at it, to work. Faith without works is dead. Lord, help us tonight. We pray, please. And ask these things in the name of the, name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The piano's going to play. Folks are coming to the altar. You need to come tonight. Why don't, why don't you just let God have His way tonight? Make an altar where you are. Come on, God spoke to your heart. Do, do something. Do something. You know that there's a weak area. Hey, give it to God. Talk to Him about it. Get some direction from Him. Get some expectations for your Christian walk, your Christian life. And then ask God to help you to get there. Because He can and He will as you yield to Him. Let Him have His way. I'm not saying. Whatever He wants. There's still time. Be seated, would you?